What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Kicks and Giggles podcast. There's no ad today because my my ad guys, they just told me we don't want to do it anymore. So just for this week. Next week, I'm sure there'll be an ad. But today, I just couldn't get a fucking grip. I just can't figure it out. So there's no ad. There's no ad. There, I couldn't figure out a deal with anybody. Um, I hit up Gary Vaynerchuk and I was like, do you want to promote your goat farm again? And he was like, nah, it didn't really get a lot of traffic and... You know, so, I mean, some of the guys, some of the guys, it's kind of their fault. You know, it's not always my fault. But anyways, uh, today's episode is an episode that I've wanted to do for a little while. Um, I should have, I don't know if I did it when I was like, I think I did do it when I turned tw- uh, 19. When I turned 20, I did like a little recap of being 19. It wasn't necessarily a dedicated episode, but I think I did like turning 20 and that was what the episode was called. And then I talked about being 19 and what I wanted to happen when I was 20. So now I'm going to do this episode. It's all about my 20th year living. Um, now that it's completed, I'm 21 now. And uh, I'm just going to talk to you guys about the fucking roller coaster that I went through. Um, There's a lot of great things. There was a lot of shitty things. It was probably the most emotional year that I've ever fucking had. Um and I, you know, there's a fucking, I, I should have brought this up. There's like these notes that I found, or there's this article that I found that's all about like, you go through a second puberty when you're 20 years old, or like people believe that. And it's like, they're basically saying like, it's a thing that you get really angsty and really fucking creepy when you're 20. Uh, I kind of believe that because it happened to me. And like, but also you could just say you had a good year or a bad year or shitty things happen and you fucking reacted to them. You know, I'm not just going to sit here and say that I was 20 years old. That's why I was really emotional and fucking weird this year. But I don't know. Maybe I'll read this, this article. Let's skim through this article really quick. A lot of you guys, a lot of my listeners are 24 to 34. I found that out recently. That's like the target fucking audience. So that's the strongest. I don't know. Most of you guys are 24 to 34. So you guys are, are, have already gone through being 20. There's a handful of people that are my age that are like just turned 21, just turned 22. Um, I'm sure there's people from high school that listen to this that are fucking 16 that probably shouldn't listen to this because it says 18 and up on the fucking album cover, okay? But hey, I, just, I don't give a fuck at the end of the day. If that's on you. If you hear me talk about BJ's and... Uh, and I don't know, drugs, and and then you get influenced, that's not my fault. You know, I, I gave you the warning. So this is an article from, it's called thoughtcatalog.com. The title is seven actual reasons why your 20s are the most emotional time of your life. It's not just you. This is one of the many articles that it tries to explain like you're going through a lot when you're this age. So Fuck you is basically what they're saying. Uh, number one, I'm going to go through these really quick because I'm going to get more into the, like this, what I'm actually feeling, not just what some fuck said on Google, right? Number one, the part of the brain that processes fear develops ahead of the center reasoning and executive control. Oh, ahead of the center for reasoning and executive control, which leaves us hyper fearful with no way to regulate it. Uh, the brain circuit, okay, Look at this fucking first sentence. It says the brain circuit that processes fear, the amygdala, develops ahead of the prefrontal cortex. Fuck. I would turn this episode off. I mean, don't. But like if I was going to start doing that, 
Or if I listened to someone and he was talking about prefrontal cortex and the amygdala, absolutely not. Turning it off. So please don't. I'm not going to read that shit, okay? Number two. Basically, number one is saying something in your brain is, ha- is going on and it's causing you to fucking be really fearful and like kind of not really have a rational part of your brain that's functioning right now because of the development in your brain, okay? Um, skip all the fucking cortex. Get, get out of here with all that. Number two, we no longer strictly follow the milestones of what sociologists refer to as the official transition to adulthood. Um, here's another big word that I'm not fucking capable of understanding. So uh, basically, we have an outdated and effective yet subconsciously ingrained understanding of what adulthood means. So we perpetually feel like grown up kids. You know what pisses me off? I said too I said too many big words right there and I don't think that that's cool. It's not cool that you could be like perpetually the fucking accomplishments are essentially ex- fuck you. I hate this part of the episode. Number 3, science says that people are most content once they have a few major life accomplishments under their belts and at age 20 you fucking basically don't. At age 20 you get your first, you know, I'm just graduated high school. Uh, maybe you just had sex recently. Maybe you just got a girlfriend. They're like small accomplishments, but it's not anything huge for yourself. Graduating high school is cool, but it's like you're going back into college. So you don't really feel like you've graduated anything when it comes to school yet. Um, all right. Number four, we begin to live beyond the period of life that is, that we had pre-anticipated to put it simply as possible. You begin an end you begin a part of your life that you hadn't really been planning for or fully able to imagine. Worse, if you imagine it, it likely turned out far different than you thought. Yeah, I mean, I used to be like 15 years old and be like, I'm going to be a fucking millionaire by, I'm 20, by the time I'm 22. And if I'm not, then I'm going to kill myself. And I am nowhere fucking near that. So, And you just think things, like 20 seems like such a big number, but when I turned 20... Although I had a very sad, very great and like roller coaster year, um, now being 21, I feel more grounded than ever. I feel more like accepting of things than ever. I fucking, my dream salary went from like a million to five million when like five years ago to now it's like I want to make a couple fucking hundred thousand and I'm set. I don't need fucking billions. I don't want to be on Shark Tank. I want to do cool shit. I want to make good money. I want to sell a lot, but I want to sit back and enjoy my fucking life. And uh, I'm really val. I think you you start to value. Oh, this is the breakdown of it. Okay, after having a tough year, I started to value happiness a lot more. I started to value respect and appreciation and family and friendship. I started to value all of these things so much more than just valuing like. Made fucking 200 bucks this week, bitch. Like, I stopped giving a fuck about that. I stopped selling shoes as much. I stopped, like, going through my grind fucking mode because I wanted to be in my fucking let's be happy mode without having to get instant gratification from making money and buying something cool, you know? Um, so that's that. I'll get more into that. I'll explain it more later. Number five, every, th- every option is open to us. Uh, when you're 20 years old, there's a lot of options, going to college, dating a girl, moving out, getting a job. There's a lot of things that are, that are big 
but they're all options. You know, you could drop out of high school right now. You could try for a better school. You could transfer to a different school. You could change your major. You could drop out and start your own company. You could fucking sit at home and beat off every day. You could, there's so many things you could do. You could live at home until you're 25. Like there's, it's being 20 is an age that you don't really have to do anything, but now there's nobody pushing you. Like you don't really have to go to high school, but like everyone's pushing you to go. So you do it. I mean, I guess you have to go to high school, okay? I'll say that. You should go to high school, right? But there's nobody really like pushing you to go to college. Even if your parents are up your ass and they're like, you got to get a fucking education. Uh, you don't necessarily have to because you can at this point just be like, fuck you guys and move out. You know, when you're 14, 15 years old, you can't do that. You can't get a job. You can't get money. You can't get a car. You're not going to fucking, you know what I mean? Number six. So number five puts a lot of stress on you because it's like, holy shit, I'm capable of making my own decisions now. I don't have to listen to Mr. and Mrs. Fuck, my, a.k.a. my parents, you know? We have yet to find a philosophy, dogma or relit. Nope, not doing this one. I don't know what dogma means. Not figuring it out. Number seven, our identities change rapidly. This is fucking definitely true. I don't even want to say our identities change, but... Um, it says we're not content with our lives. Essentially, we love that we, we love what we say ourselves to be. And in your 20s, your identity is changing constantly with each new job, each new city, each new partner. You have to adjust to your self-concept. Though in all fairness, it's just as difficult to solidify that identity and want to change it 20 years down the line. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely harder to like accept who the fuck you are when you keep doing different shit that makes no sense. I could definitely relate to this one. Um, and I'll explain that in a second. So when I turned 21, I was working at, um, I was working at, oh no, when I turned, okay, fuck. When I turned 20 years old, August 26th of last year, I was working at Buckle. I was going through like, you know, talking with, I was actually talking to any Dean, I think at the time. Um, I was like talking to Dean on and off, which is my current girlfriend, but we had spent the whole last summer together and she was getting ready to go to college. I think she had just left to go to college. So I was like kind of fucking sad, but like I was very focused on Buckle. I was very focused on myself. I was very focused on like just making Angelo fucking get that bread. I wanted to get money and money was my kind of base of happiness at this point when I turned 20. Uh, I didn't really feel sad a lot. Um, you know, I was seeing Nadine like fucking three times a week. Uh, we had a ton of fun together all the time. We would go on a ton of dates. We would hang out. We would not be sexually active together, of course, because we were, we were waiting for that until marriage. But we would just have a lot. We would have a ball together, you know. And anytime that you have someone in your life that's like just the fucking companion, whenever you feel love and you could feel like you could love someone and you feel loved from them in any way possible, even if it's a best friend that you see all the time. Uh, it, it definitely helps your mood. It helps your, it, it gives you a little bit more of a backbone. Like even if you're sad, you know that you got this person that's going to cheer you up. So I had that. Um, my 20th birthday, I was actually at Buckle, which sucked, fucking sucked. Um, my YouTube was at like 400 subscribers. My Instagram, I think, was at 6,000. I'm not really too sure on that. I think it was 6,000 something, 6,500. 
Um, and I, it actually, no, it, it was like 6,500 and, and rapidly increasing because I think right before my birthday, I met Sal Volcano and it was like 6,000. And then the next fucking month, September, it went to like 8,000 because of his shout out, which is still up on his Instagram. You could go see it. Uh, so that was really cool. Then, you know, I was selling a fuckload of shoes at the time. I remember getting the off-white blazers. I had gotten like 15 pairs of them. I had gotten the off-white zoom flies. This was kind of around the, the 10 collection coming out. I know this is a little sneaker part that people won't understand, but this was right around the time that Nike and off-white collabed or collaborated and it was fucking huge and I was making a lot of money at the time and I was fucking just spending money like a like a bitch and uh that like I don't mean that like a okay I don't have to explain anything to you guys um <laughs> I was spending a fuckload of money okay and I was making money from buckle I was making money from shoes I was going on trips I was sending people discounts I was fucking just doing a lot of spending but it was good because it was worth it you know for mo- for the most part uh, at this time also August through October of last year Fortnite peaked I was playing a lot of video games I was talking with a girl that was in college so I was like even though it wasn't serious, I was still kind of messing around on the side and like still, I wasn't committed yet, but there was a lot of times where at night, like I wouldn't want to hook up with people. I would just like chill at home and play video games and like talk with this girl in the beginning at least. Um, then we kind of started to f- separate uh, and, you know, we stopped talking basically. We stopped talking for a little fucking while at the end of the year, but then I got a shout out from Chris D'Elia in November. Um, that was awesome. I was on the Fighter and the Kid show. So I'm, I'm really like happy at this point, right? I'm feeling really good. Um, I'm not really too dependent on women at the time, but I'm starting to feel more like I need someone around because I was used to having Nadine with me for the three months of summer. I Maybe I shouldn't say her name. I fucking, I feel like I should right now, but I don't know. Fuck it. Who cares? Um, I was focused on like, I was used to having a girl with me that I really liked and enjoyed the whole summer. So now I'm like starting to get used to going to work, coming home and not having someone there. And that was kind of shitty. Uh, and it was just like, you got to get used to it, you know? But so I'm starting to like crave love a little bit more and affection a little bit more. Now it's going into like December. Uh, I had a great, oh, November, I went to LA with my best friend Carter for like 10 days and this was a this was a big moment for me, good and bad. It was great because I'm with my best friend. We're in LA. We're making videos together. I posted a ton of YouTube videos at that time. I had JD Witherspoon on the podcast. I had Don DePetta. I had Pootie on the podcast. I did a lot of, even though they weren't great episodes, the Pootie one I think was great, 100%. But the other two, I could have done a lot better, but I was stretching my brain. I was challenging myself to have a guest on the show. It was foreign to me. I always do the show solo. Uh, I wasn't necessarily a great interviewer, but I figured out a lot of shit on that trip. I also started painting my nails more. Uh, I needed I needed something to give me confidence. I didn't have a girl in my life anymore. I didn't have like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't have, I think at this time I had just quit Buckle. So I was just like, I wasn't confident with a job anymore. Um, and I was doing things in LA on my own and I was feeling that like, fuck you, 
I'm doing this shit on my own. So I got my nails painted. And I, and I love the fact that I did. But I'm just saying like the reason why I think was because I needed something to give me a little bit of a fucking confidence boost. And doing shit like that definitely helped. Um, so then I went to LA with my brothers. And, you know, now December and January, I went to a show. I, I was in the middle of the fucking night. I went to the Chicago Theater. Ron Funches had invited me. He put me on will call. I walked into like the alley next to Chicago Theater. I walked down this alley and I see one guy waiting for me. And he like yells to me, are you Angelo? And I was like, yeah. And he's like, come on back here, dude. And I was like, all right. So I go back there. I go up to the green room. I sat with Ron Funches and Taylor something. I'm just sucks that I don't remember her name. Uh, there was a lot of really, really funny comedians at the show. It was called the Conan and Friends Show. Um, and then after the show, I sat with Ron Funch's like, girlfriend at the time. And we watched the show together. It was really fun. And then after the show, I got to meet Conan O'Brien. I talked with him for like 10 minutes. He was making fun of my nails. He said that I, he said like I would wear jeans. I, I already told the story. I asked him if he would paint his nails. And he said if I was a murderer. And we both laughed together. And it was funny. So then, you know, still like still selling shoes, but like kind of slowing down. December came around. I was I was really, really dependent on my family at this point because, you know, I'm kind of convinced that like me and Nadine, like it's just too hard to date a girl that's going to college. She's partying a lot and drinking a lot and I'm not into that shit. And I'm like trying to focus on myself and, and which is a very healthy thing to do, like focus on yourself and don't prioritize this person that you just fucking met a few months ago. You know what I mean? Um, so now I'm doing that. I'm starting to be like, okay, I want to fucking see someone. I'm getting a little fucking sad. Then we stopped talking a little bit after that. I think like, I don't even know. I don't know when we stopped talking somewhere around there. I think it was like, maybe it was before December. I don't know. December, January, February. I don't know. We had stopped talking by the beginning of the year, right? And now I'm back in, like, trying to date, trying to fucking hook up, kind of depending on dating apps to, like, make me happy, uh, depending on a girl to come over, hook up, and then that gives me a little fucking, now I'm happy for 24 hours. And then I go back to being a little sad fuck, right? So it's really hitting me now. I'm thinking I'm going to be alone. I'm freaking the fuck out. The, my middle of being 20 years old, for, and for men that are 20, like this is a common thing from what I've read. Uh, for men, when you turn 20, like girls have it faster for some fucking reason. Guys, some of them don't. Guys don't have that like puberty stage that, as early as girls do. So now I'm fucking starting to freak out a little bit. Uh, I go to New York. I meet with Sam Roberts. I get invited to the Elvis Duran show. I keep doing these like things that are bringing me to a 10, right? Uh, traveling, meeting people, getting to do shows. These things are all bringing me to a 10, okay? And, and, and I mean on happiness level, confidence level, all of that. Being on the Elvis Duran show was fucking insane. And I felt extremely confident. But then I go home after these trips and I don't have anything to give me that, you know? And I've set the bar so high that like a movie or hanging out with a girl or playing a video game is only bringing me to like a five because it's like I've 
gone out and fucking been on a show where 8 million people listen. I've had a thousand people follow me on Instagram within 10 minutes. Like I've done all these things that are so cool and it's so fucking awesome for you guys to see it. But for me going through these things, it's like, it's not healthy for me, like in some way, you know what I mean? And I, and I hate to be like, like, I don't mean to sound like a downer because it's like, I know a lot of you guys are going to think like I would kill to have something like that. I I know that I have a life that is very, very cool at some points. Being on these shows, meeting Burt Kreischer, uh, getting interviewed, hanging out with fucking Cody Garbrandt, getting tickets to a UFC event or a comedy show. They're very, very cool things. No doubt about it. I am humbled. I am very appreciative. I text these fucking guys so often Every two months I text them, hope you're doing amazing. I love you. Thank you so much for what you do to me or what you do for me, do to me. What is this, a sexual thing? Um, Thank you for fucking me. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Okay. I would text them, thank you for how you help me and giving me exposure and willing to help me on my podcast or do my show or have me on your show. I mean, I, I am extremely thankful, but a month later, you know, after you get that rush and now you're sitting there and it's so weird because it's such a first world problem. But like, I I know that it sounds snobby to say shit like this, but it's just like, this is what it is. You guys, this is the, this is why I think people that are famous sometimes go into extreme depression or kill themselves or do fucked up shit out of being sad or, or feeling anxiety because it's like, you're setting yourself up to feel like, okay, at the time before I started doing all of this shit, what made me happy was going on a date with, like before, when I was like 18 or when I was like 17 years old, the things that made me happy, hanging out with my friends, going on a date, having sex with a random fucking girl, uh, I don't know what else, watching a scary movie, like I kind of got into scary movies at that time, but... So those things put me at a 10, right? So it was always easy for me to, if I was feeling sad, hang out with my friends. I'm having the best time of my life. Then 18 years old, I start traveling. I start doing shit more. And now it's like, well, New, like I thought 10 was hanging out with my friends, but no, 10 is being in New York like and being with Sam Roberts. That's fucking amazing. So now I hang out with my friends and I'm at an eight. And now I watch a movie and I'm at a seven. And because it's like, it's not as great as how I felt then, but it's still pretty good. Um, And the more and more I do things like that, the more and more I have these awesome experiences. Although for the temporary 30 days or two weeks or whatever, it blows my fucking chart out of the water because it's like, I never even knew I could be this happy because I never thought I'd be getting interviewed on live radio. But then you come home and then you're like, fuck like I'm not gonna have that again like I need to like now you're watching a movie and you're thinking like okay like I want to be in New York I want to be in LA I want to be on a plane I want to get that adrenaline rush like it's literally an adrenaline rush you get nervous you feel anxiety but it's like an anxious happier version of anxiety uh you're excited you're fucking going through so much great shit for a tiny period of time and then you feel worn out after So now we're going into February, March, April. Um, You know, February, I went to New York. I did the podcast, did all of that. Then 
Let's see. Fucking hung out with Cody Garbrandt in March. Went to his uh, fucking... I, he got me... Like, not really got me hooked up. Well, no. He hooked me up. And I went to the UFC show, the T-Mobile Arena in Vegas. I got to see my family. It was really, really fucking awesome, right? And it should have been very awesome. But at this time, I was right before... Actually, the night before I left to go to Vegas... I met a girl on Hinge. This all happened in one night. I've never told this story before. I met a girl on Hinge, and she was my age or maybe a year older or something. I don't know. Fucking, I think she was, I don't know, maybe a year older or my age. And um, she was, we were just talking on f- fucking Hinge, and I was saying, like, you're really fucking hot. She was like, thanks, I'm into you too. What do you like to do in your free time? She seemed very cool. She was telling me, like, that she likes to... Like just goofy shit that she likes to do that I thought was interesting. So and it was not rare. It was not very sexual. It was just like talking. So then she was like, "You want to Facetime?" And I was like, "Sure." Now, meanwhile, it's like 11 p.m. I have a flight the next day at 5 a.m. to go to Vegas to have this great trip with Cody Garbrandt and all that. Um, she asked if I want to hang out on Facetime. We were talking for like 45 minutes. She asked if I want to hang out. And I was like, "You know what? Fuck it. Like I should probably stay up anyways because I'm gonna sleep on the plane." So, yeah, let's hang out. I have no clue who this person is. It's the first time we've ever talked. So now she's like, uh, pick me up. And I was like, okay, like, why don't you drive? And she was like, because I don't want to. And I was like, okay, so I'll send you an Uber because I don't want to fucking drive either. She lived like 20 minutes away. I don't know why I fucking did this. I think it was because I was like, I was so desperate for some instant gratification because I wasn't getting it. I don't know why I couldn't just wait until being in Vegas because I know that traveling put me at a 10 and, and like, you know what I mean? But I needed my love meter to be at a 10 and it fucking wasn't at the time. So um, I, I have this girl come over and I don't remember if, no, I didn't pick her up. She Ubered over. Oh, she Ubered over. We got in the car and we went to go get ice cream at like Jewel. And then um, I remember she kind of like smelled like alcohol a little bit. And I was like, okay, you know, that's, that's cool. Um, I didn't know she was drinking. She didn't, she wasn't like drunk or anything, but she smelled a little bit like alcohol. So I remember asking her like, hey, are you like, are you drunk right now? And she was like, no, like I'm totally fine. I was like, okay. And I saw she was walking fine. So she was like, I just had a drink before I can. And I was like, all right, you know what? That's fine. Um, now we start laying down, we watch a movie, we're talking and we were like really deep talking for a fucking fat minute for like two and a half hours. We're sitting there talking and she told me that she doesn't do hookups on the first date. She's not into that. We like made out and that was fucking it. And she was like, we're not doing anymore. I remember her telling me she thought I was great at kissing and that she wanted to do more, but like she was fucking firm on her rules. And I was like, that's cool. Let's watch a movie. Like, I don't give a fuck to... I didn't care for that. I really wanted to just be held by someone at this point because I was fucking sad. Um, So then it's like three in the morning. She kind of explains to me that she had dealt with a drug problem in her past and that she was going through like she was getting over it. She was like a few months clean. And I didn't expect that from her, but like who fucking would? But I appreciated that like the fact that she told me that was awesome, you know? And that was extremely honest for you to tell me that on the first date. So I really, really wanted to help her. So now I go to Vegas and I fucked myself because now all I'm thinking about is this girl. Like all I'm thinking about, I'm texting her, I'm worrying about her. 
I'm like worried that she's going to do something or like I, I want to make sure that she's clean, but I can't guarantee that because I'm not with her. And I just fucked myself because like I shouldn't have gone on a date with anyone. I shouldn't have even had this experience with anybody. It's nothing against her. She was awesome. But like when you're when you I don't know, just go, going on a date with a girl like four hours before or not even going on a date having a girl over and having a deep conversation and setting yourself up for like a very vulnerable fucking thing right before you're about to have a big business trip probably isn't a good idea so I don't recommend doing that um but yeah you know we fucking yeah I I go on this trip and now I'm, I'm at my cousin's house in Vegas and I was like sad the whole time and it sucked because I should have just fucking like, I wish I could have enjoyed Vegas more. I remember being so sad and, like, walking around and crying and calling my mom and telling her that I'm worried about this girl. And, like, I was sa- I sent the girl money. Like, I don't know what I was doing. I sent the girl money because she felt sick. So, like, I sent – or I didn't send her money. I ordered food from Vegas. I ordered food at home, like, back in Illinois and sent it to her house. And I said, like – Go to go relax. Like I'm sorry you feel sick. I was so concerned about her, and it wasn't because of like her drug thing. It was just because like I was very sad. Here's a girl that appreciates me a lot. Here's a girl that talks to me very deeply. Like when you're sad, anything you see in a girl that's like good, you kind of like amplify it, and it kind of like hits you a lot harder. And it it just could be a normal compliment they give you but when you're upset and when you're extremely lonely it feels like holy fuck like this girl is everything because she's taking you from upset and lonely to feeling like you have someone and nobody else could do that you know so I know that in my mind at this time in March or April I know that like I know I'm rational enough to realize that I'm only giving this girl so much power because I'm depressed and I'm only giving her so much power because I just went through a girl ending things with me out of nowhere and like, which, yeah. Um, so I was very lonely. I was very fucking upset and angsty and I gave all this power to this chick. So now a few days later, I, I meet Cody Garbrandt. I get like, it brings me back up to that 10 um, I realize this girl's not putting me there anymore because I have this big meeting and this big thing. I'm getting a little bit of a boost of confidence. I'm telling myself like this can't work out with this girl. She starts ignoring me or like we don't we're not really communicating that much. And I'm just like you know what this isn't gonna fucking work. I texted her. I was like this can't work. Uh, I can't do this. And which was probably unfair on my part because there was a lot of things that I was going through personally that I just like put on her. But. It just wasn't fucking, it's not fucking working, all right? Um, now I come home and I'm like sad because I'm trying to find people or trying to find a girl and they're coming into my life and then I'm realizing that I don't want them in my life and then I'm pushing them out. So I'm like constantly breaking my own heart when I'm doing this because it's not anything that they're necessarily doing. It's just like I want someone Someone comes in my life and then I'm like, wait, I want someone with these 10 qualities and this person doesn't have them. So that's what's happening. Um, now it's April. A girl messages me from the Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt posts me on his Instagram. I get a message from a girl and she's like, you're so beautiful. I messaged her and I was like, you're pretty fucking hot too. Let's let's go. Let's do this. I'm fucking ready at this point. I need someone to come in my life and compliment me. I'm feeling down. 
I'm all in already. I'm just like, yep, let's do this. Where are you from? Canada. And then I was like, fuck, okay, never mind. Fast forward, uh, I don't know, three weeks, literally three weeks later, from DM to to flying out here. She, We talked every single night for three weeks. We would talk for hours on end. It was fucking awesome. We had great conversations every night. Friday, Saturday nights, she would sit at home. I would sit at home. We would watch uh, like Black Mirror together. And it was very it was very foreign because I had never done long distance before. And it, I liked it because it was different. I liked it because that had the potential to put me back at like an eight or a nine because obviously hooking up and finding girls on Hinge wasn't doing it for me. So I was like, maybe fuck it. Maybe long distance is my thing. You know, maybe that's what I have to try to get me to a 10 or to get me happier. And, you know, she flew out here. I can't even believe it's it really even happened because like we only knew each other for three weeks and it was, it was very cool that she did that. Um, and then... You know, shit didn't fucking work out as much as as I wanted it to, and we had a. Uh, she flew out here, stayed stayed with me in my apartment or in the apartment I live in for like five days, or like a week even. I think it was a week. She stayed here like, and you go from like never meeting someone to like now we're testing out how it would be if we lived together. That is extremely fucking stupid to do. Okay, me and my girlfriend now, we haven't even had a fucking like sleepover yet. And like we can't even we can't wait to finally do that type of shit. And we've hung out endlessly days in a row. We would hang out because I mean, she has a like a curfew and she's strict parents. But um, she doesn't have parents that are going to let her sleep at a guy's house. She's a very respectful family. Her foundation is very fucking healthy. Um, it doesn't mean that a girl that sleeps over or a girl that flies across the world and stays with someone doesn't have a good foundation. It just means that like it's a lot more loose and the rules are a lot more fucking flexible. And with a parent, with someone that has parents that are very strict, it's a lot more controlled, which almost gives you a little bit more of like, it, it makes you wish a lot of, or like, I don't know, it gives you more optimism because like, I'm not getting everything right away. Like we haven't even, we've known each other for a year and a half. We haven't had a fucking sleepover yet. Like I, we still are looking forward to that. We're looking forward to a lot of things and that's, that's it. Basically, I don't have to explain that shit. Okay. Um, this was like, I'm getting everything about this person in one month. I'm getting to talk to her. I'm getting to spend fucking seven days in a row with her. Like it was just, it went for, I don't want to sound like, I'm not going to even say that. Um, I was going to say one from zero to a hundred really quick. Could you imagine if I fucking said that? Oh my God. It went from nothing to something extreme very fast. Okay. And, um, that's probably part of the reason why it didn't work out as well. Uh, she came out here. You know, I I found out that she was like still talking to another guy or like her ex-boyfriend or whatever. And I'm not usually the jealous type, but in this position, it was like, hey, you flew here. Like, we got to be all in. Otherwise, I can't like if you can't be like loyal to me when you're here for six days after like talking every single night and like I never knew about it. And like she I don't know. It just it, something was fucking phony. I got red flag vibes. We agreed that we were going to have a fun trip as friends and enjoy the rest of the trip. We didn't let it fuck anything up. We drove down to Ohio with my brother and my brother's friend, Mike. Shout out to you guys. Shout out to Anthony and Mike. Um, 
We saw a hockey game together. We had a very fun trip overall. After that, it was just I couldn't put my effort in anymore because I didn't want to fucking... I didn't see myself doing long, long distance with this particular person. But she was great. I'm sure that she's going to treat another guy fucking amazing. She felt really bad about the whole thing that happened when she was out here. And she was fucking... She was awesome. And I'm sure that she's going to find someone and treat him amazing. And she's going to get treated amazing. And it'll fucking work out. You know, some shit doesn't. But it, there was nothing that was really like bad about her that she was a shitty person. Uh, it just didn't work out for us. And it was very rushed. And you can't expect something to go from never knowing each other to spending eight days in a row. And then like some beautiful love story out of fucking nowhere. You know? So that didn't work out. Um, so now it's like end of April. Uh, starting to go into May. I fucking just... And by the, by the way, when I was in... Okay, this was a big part that I left out. During this time, right after the trip, um, when I went to Vegas, I was so upset and in Vegas when I was staying with my... this, I forgot this whole part. Um, Going back to March, before I met the the broad from Canada and all that, um, the woman, sorry to offend you guys, the feminists out there, I mean she's a very... I mean the woman. I didn't mean to say broad. Um, God. So... In, in March, when I was at in Vegas, I was actually so going through so fucking much that I left my cousin's house. I booked a hotel for a night, stayed in a hotel. I must have cried for three hours straight. The hardest I've ever cried. I was bringing all of these things that I had fucking buried down below to the surface. Things about family members in my life that I was fucking really upset about. Things about friends, losing people to drugs and alcohol. Uh... One of my friends had just died from high school. There were so many things. I'm sad. I'm lonely. Uh, this girl that I liked the past summer didn't fucking wasn't in my life anymore. And now I'm like realizing that I'm like talking to girls that I have no fucking interest being in. Like I'm a clean cut guy. Why am I talking to a girl that's doing in, like insane amounts of drugs? Like it's not it's not it's anything about them. It was just like what am I doing? And being a person that likes to be in control all the time. Uh, I, I was not in control at all at this point of my life. I was just fucking throwing shit at the wall and, uh, and like not even at the wall. I was like throwing shit like, I don't know, this way because it wasn't even things that I wanted to do. It was like doing shit that I've never done before and I don't know why I'm doing it. And that night I remember I spent crying my fucking dick off in Vegas like, could have been enjoying a beautiful fucking city and walking around, but I was just, like, listening to music, crying, walking around, crying, come back, coming back to my hotel, typed this fucking book out on my notes about how I felt, and then stopped crying, deleted the note, and then just felt like I could breathe again. Uh, and that really helped me a lot. Um, that's that was, that was that. So then the Canadian girl came and went, um, that happened. It, it made me sad a little bit for sure, but I was realizing that what I was doing was unhealthy, like finding girls or like talking to someone and then like trying to just make them my priority is, was not healthy for me. Uh, I don't give a fuck who it is. Like you, someone has to earn that. You can't just meet someone and then be like, okay, you're all I care about now. And I don't give a fuck about anything else. That's unhealthy. And if you see yourself doing that, you, you gotta, nope, I got to focus on Angelo, I got to focus on making Angelo money. I got to focus on making Angelo's career fucking bright. 
I need to focus on those things first, then worry about this girl. And I wasn't even in love. Like, it was just like, I just like this person, you know? It was strictly, it was coming from a bad place, the reason why I was giving these people so much attention. So I started realizing that uh, in May, and then fucking Nadine hits me up again, um, which is the girl I was with last year, which is my current girlfriend now. Um, and then, you know, from there, we started talking, we started hanging out more, we started making things a little bit more serious as summer went on. I mean, the whole summer was just beautiful again. Um, but I realized that it was beautiful because she made me a better version of me. We would have conversations that I would walk away from feeling like I just learned something. She would text me, you changed my fucking perspective on things. You're so smart. You encourage me to be a better person myself. I love myself when I'm with you. Like we both were so good for each other and we both made each other so happy that it was like, this is what it should have been. And I do think that a lot of the things I did in between us stop, like when we stopped talking to when we started talking again, a lot of the things I was doing, like I, I would talk about her a lot to my mother and to my friends. I would talk about her, like not all the time, but it was like a, like a constant, like, Hey, well, remember Nadine from last summer? Wish I could fucking, you know, it was like, I'm not going to say I was doing it because like I was sad because she fucked me over, but a lot of it had to, it, it had to do with like, she's not here anymore. I fucking really liked that. And let me try to get something like that. And it wasn't working. And then I was like, okay, it only works with her. And then when she started hitting me back up, I was like, let's fucking do it. You know, I was all in. Um, And yeah, I mean, we just, it's just a way different relationship. There's history there. We have grown a lot together. She's seen a lot of my, like we knew each other last year. So it's not just someone that I like met and I was like crazy about. And then, like, I decided to start dating. Like, it took us a year and a half to make things officially we're boyfriend and girlfriend. And I'm weird with that type of shit. Like, I like to make sure, like, I have to do it that way. Because when people are like, we met last week and he's my boyfriend. It's like, what the fuck kind of, like, how could that be good, you know? And I really got to learn a lot about her. And I really got to learn about how I felt without her. Like, we had a very good, like, Four months together, four months without each other, then we're back together. I realized how I felt without her. I realized how I missed her so much. Like they say that you don't realize like how important someone is until they're out of your life or there's a way more cliche version of that. Um, You don't love someone until they let go. Something like that, you know, Um, (laughs) but I felt like that a lot because I felt like Like, I'm doing shit with these people. I don't even like it. I don't even like these people. Like, what am I doing? And then the second she comes back, it's like, I I know that I love this. Like, I know that this is great. So, there's that. I don't don't mean to be sappy, but I just got to be honest. So now, this summer, you know, I start working out a little bit. I start cooking. I start fucking, I did a few more trips. Um... And I was like very happy spending nights with her. She leaves. I'm very happy rather than a girl comes over from fucking Tinder leaves. And I'm like, why the fuck am I doing this? Uh, or I leave thinking like, great, I just came. But who the fuck is that? Uh, which is really sad to say, but it's just like kind of true. Um, but yeah, you know, I started giving a fuck about myself again. I started feeling very healthy. I was having a, a very healthy relationship. Um, 
We were like going to the zoo. We went to fucking a museum recently. Like we do shit together that like I don't even I would never do with anybody else. I just enjoy it because like she's teaching me about shit and she's very smart. So when I don't understand something, she'll like explain to me a lot and like I, she stretches my brain. She she challenges me and makes me a lot smarter and I do the same for her in completely different ways. You have one person that's like extremely street smart and works on relationships and networking outside of school. Like I do all the business, traveling, fucking meeting random people. And then she's lived like the college life and is extremely academically smart. And like, it's just a very fucking healthy mix. Also, I'm like my foundation, my high school years and being younger, I was like a fucking asshole. I was a fuck boy. I was, you know, reckless. I did, and I'm not going to say I did drugs. I smoked weed. I drank a little bit. Um, I was an asshole to people. I hooked up a lot. That was kind of it. And and then her foundation is like very pure. Didn't do drugs. Was in a private school. Had like 20 kids in her graduating class. It's just, we're, we're very opposite, but we we teach each other a lot and we compliment each other so well. That's all I'll say. I, I don't want her to sit here and be like, oh my God, thanks, babe. You know, I'm not trying to do all that. I'm just trying to tell you guys the roller coaster of my fucking year of being 20. Like, that's what I went through. Um, and I ended up being fucking pretty, pretty satisfied, pretty happy. And now, as of today, um, a week ago, I had my first therapy session. I just went to therapy. I want to talk about a few things. Um, I don't consider myself, like, depressed or having anxiety or any of that. It's nothing like that. I think right now I'm feeling more content and more balanced in my life than I felt in the past two years in general. Um, and like, I'm very confident in myself and I'm not dependent on my girlfriend. I'm not like relying on her to make me happy. I'm fucking happy period. And then she comes in and like makes me happier and it's very good, you know? Um, and that's fucking, that's kind of it. Um, yeah, but I went to therapy and the therapy was fucking awesome. There's things that like, because our relationship right now is a little bit long distance because she's at school. So it is a little bit hard, but it's, I make it hard on myself because I worry a lot about shit or I like freak out or like, you know, it's just like, I'm that type of guy. Um, and I, it doesn't mean I'm worrying. Like I, I don't care if she like goes out and like does shit. I worry like, am I going to be fucking, oh my God, like I miss her so much. Or what if she, what I've seen taken one, two and three. So I'm like, what if she gets fucking stolen? Oh my God. Like what if somebody drugs her at a fucking bar? So I worry about stupid shit like that. And going to therapy, I talked a lot about how people doing drugs and people drinking and people partying has affected me so negatively, which is another episode of the podcast. But, um, just fighting like the last bit of stress that I, or anxiety that I think I have in my fucking life. It's like this one little thing I want to get out. I want to figure it out. And then I'm, I'm fucking set. I'm fucking set, babe. So that's all that. I mean, it, it, I think that's a fucking roller coaster of a year if you ask me. Also, I mean, look at how I dressed a year ago, man. For all you people that are watching the video right now. Like, dude, I was wearing flannels and shit flannels and Jordans and now you look at me and I got a fucking I look like a I don't know what I look like I look pretty fucking weird though like I went from 
gold chain flannels and and high brown boots and blue jeans to like black jeans, black shirt, black nails, a black necklace most of the time, black big ass boots. Like I look a lot different and it looks like I went from being happy to probably sad, but it's actually like I went from being insecure to being very secure. And I went from being like not knowing who the fuck I was to feeling extremely confident. And it's like, I know that you might look at a guy in all black or look at a guy with his nails painted and think like, wow, he must be going through stuff. Um, and at the time I was, and that's kind of what it was in the beginning. That may have been why I like to look different or why I wanted to go through this emo phase. But now it's like, now I flex it because I'm so like, I'm, I've I'm fucking out of that. So now it's like, now I want to do it more because like, I know that it's not about being sad or being freaked out anymore. You know, I don't know. You probably are wondering, Hey, I thought this was supposed to be a fucking comedy show, man. Yeah, I thought so too, but it's became a lot deeper. Um, but I'm happy with it. And that's my journey of being 20. The point of me doing this is that if any of you guys are 20 years old, it's mainly men. 20-year-old men out there, if you're having a fucking hard year, I had a tough one too. I had a lot different of a year. You probably can't relate to a lot of the things that I did, but just trust me. I felt like shit. I felt lonely. I felt upset. And at the end of the day, the things that the reason why I was able to become happy, it wasn't because of a girl. Sure, my girlfriend now made me very happy, but I sat like after dating and trying things, I sat there for a good month or two months and really focused on like, why do I feel like this? I Every experience that I had with a girl, rather than just being sad, I thought about what the fuck is going on that's making me sad. And it really wasn't the girl from Canada that did so bad. It wasn't the girl that came over that was doing drugs that did so... Like It's not that they were such shitty people. It's that my perception of what I thought a relationship should be or what I thought things should be was so like narrow that I couldn't even deal with anything, bring anything foreign being brought into the fucking table. You know what I mean? Uh, I had such a cookie cutter idea of what I wanted in the per in a person. And if you didn't match that you were out and that was unfair of me and being able to, uh, like accept that and being able to now change and being able to like, Instead of having someone in my life that wants to drink or smoke or do drugs, instead of looking at that as like, you're a fucking loser, I hate you. Now I look at it as like, well, maybe that's just how you have fun as long as it's in control, as long as you're safe about it, as long as it's not every fucking three days, like, then that's fine, you know? And if in the beginning, like, also, I wasn't even dating this girl that came over from Canada but I was like applying boyfriend and girlfriend rules to a relationship. Like it probably was unfair that I got mad at her for talking to another guy. Cause it was like, you fucking live in like, I, I don't know. It's a lot of the things that I did were unfair and I'm sure I was unfair to a lot of people. So if you're listening to this and you're in my life from like December to April and I stopped talking to you, even if it was a guy friend that I called a loser because he did drugs or whatever, like a lot of it was my fault. And I apologize because I, it was like I treated you, I might have treated you people unfair. And it was all for reasons that were me versus me, not me versus you. Okay. So very, very big year for me. 
Uh, I, I think I'm a lot stronger. I'm, I know I'm a lot stronger, but I think that my way of viewing life is a lot more fucking mellow and nice. And it's not so cold-hearted. Uh, and my girlfriend brings a lot of that out in me as well. So that's a lot of, a lot of it goes to her. So um, if you're listening, you fucking, I really miss you a lot and I can't wait to see you. I'm actually going to Spain to see her which is fucking insane. But like, that's how, that's how crazy it is. Anyways, let's talk about shoes now, guys. Let's fucking, let's talk about sneakers. I have these Ultra Boosts with me right now. God, can I not fucking drop them? Hold on. All right. I have these Ultra Boosts. You guys got the point of like, I more, I summed it up. The point of why I said that I motivated you 20 year olds. If you feel sad, I, I was there too. You'll get through it. Don't let your depend your happiness rely on people or anything. Figure the shit out. Sit at home and cry. Sit in a hotel and cry. Do all of those things on your own and really feel your feelings. Don't bottle them in. And then you'll be able to appreciate more and you'll be able to become a better person. That's the point of that episode. Okay, back to shoes. These Ultra Boosts, right? Um, I actually bought these for my girlfriend because, just because. But I got two pairs of them. Because at the time, I wanted to, I don't know, I got two pairs on accident. So, I don't have a lot of shoes right now because I haven't been selling shoes a lot. I've been working my fucking ass off. But, I, someone asked me the other day, what's your favorite shoe? Or, if you could wear one shoe for the rest of your life, what would it be? This is the fucking answer, okay? Not this exact model, obviously. Not this exact color. I'm not a white shoe person. But, my answer was Ultra Boosts or Yeezy V2s. And... It's because they're the most comfortable fucking shoe ever. I work at a mall again, and I have fucking Doc Martens that are, like, very flat on the inside. Dude, my feet fucking kill me all day, and my legs hurt all day. I put Ultra Boost on for one day. I could fucking stand there for 24 hours straight. Uh, so, as much as I like to hype up Jordans and Off-Whites and all that, dude, at the end of the day, you don't have to have $500. All you have to have is 150 bucks or 200 bucks. You could get Ultra Boosts, and they're the best shoe of all fucking time for men and women. They're extremely comfortable. They don't look ugly. They look very comfortable, or they don't look comfortable. They look very cool. Um, I don't know. They're just fucking. They're they're very great. That was my answer too. And and I mean, especially if you're gonna be working in a mall, definitely go get Ultra Boosts. There's some colorways. I think the black. The all black ones have been redone so many times that you could probably find them for a hundred bucks. But um, for men, hundred bucks to two hundred bucks will get you a solid pair of Ultra Boosts. There are colorways that go for like five hundred, but that's the shoe. If you're if you're listening right now and you don't own Ultra Boosts and you have a little bit of extra fucking money, please go buy them. They're the best shoe ever. That's what that's what I realized this week. I also will go over, I guess. Um, all right, these Travis Scott sixes, these are coming out. I'm definitely going to be trying to get them. Uh, they release October 12th. I do have a guy that's going to hopefully get me a few pairs. I think I'll do pre-orders again on these. It's just like, I haven't been doing, doing shoes lately at all, man. Like I work fucking 36 hours a week now at the mall and I'm really trying to make some fucking money. Um, and like selling shoes, isn't it right now? It's not the, it's not the deal for me. Um, 
And, I mean, it's kind of dead season. Like, August, September, October, they're pretty dead. It picks back up November, December, January. So I'm kind of enjoying the fact that I don't have to sell shit. So if I don't have too many different shoes in the background, I'm sorry. But it's just the market's not big right now. Um, and the interest isn't fucking big for me either. These Jordan 6s, these Travis Scotts, I don't really like them, to be honest with you. I don't see, like... I don't think they're that cool. They're glow in the dark on the bottom, which is cool. But like, I don't know. I'm kind of fucking over it. You know, I think he should, the, the Jordan ones that Travis Scott did were awesome. The Jordan fours were awesome. These are very, I can't think of the fuck. It's like the Gatorade. No, it's not the Gatorade. They they look like a fear pack six, you know, you know, the fear fives and the fear threes. These look like they should have been part of the fear pack. Uh, and that's it. They don't really have a cool Travis Scott twist, like flipping the Jordan Jumpman or putting blue suede on a shoe that never had blue suede before. Like we've had green suede on retro sixes. We've seen dark green. We've seen green and red. We've seen fucking glow in the dark. It's just not that new to me. Um, there is a pocket, which is cool. You know, thanks for that, buddy. Hey, Travis, if you're looking at this video right now, which I'm sure you are, uh, what's up, pal? You did good, but you didn't do that good on these shoes. Um, that's kind of fucking, that's kind of it for the this week. There's not a lot of releases going on anytime soon. We got a lot of shit releases. Uh, the Supreme Nike SBs I was not a fan of. The fucking Air Jordan 4 Mushrooms. In my opinion, dog shit. The Cloud White Yeezys, dog shit. Uh, Air Jordan 3 Knicks, hideous. CDG Air Jordan 1s, I do think those are cool, but I don't think that they're going to do that great in the market for some reason. They're $345 fucking dollars, man. Like, can you imagine retail $345 for a Jordan 1? That's fucking insane. Like, no way. I hope that that's a joke, actually. Um... First class flight Jordan OGs, not really a big fan. The Game Royal 12s, those are very basic. They're cool, but they're very like Jordan's making them so they could get some sales. Uh, next month, at the end of the month near Halloween, we have the Shatter Backboard 3s. I can't wait for that release. A lot of people don't like them. Uh, there was just released pictures also of these Seattle Retro 10s that come out in the middle of October. It looks like... Uh, like a classic white and black retro 10 with, you know, they have the stripes on the bottom that say like all the fucking historic Jordan moments or whatever the fuck they say on the bottom. Uh, it's green and black. They're pretty cool. I won't lie, but anytime Jordan releases a retro 10, you know that it's like dead season. Okay. That's all I'm going to say. Like, remember a couple years ago, they released the fucking statue of Liberty 10s that were just so bad. And then they released the stealth gray. Like, dude, that's like Jordan's not really doing that good. Whenever you see a, a retro 10 come out, please. Like, just, you kind of know. Like, okay, Jordan could be doing better right now. And they're releasing a 10. I think it's because they don't do 10s ever. So they think that people are going to be like, yo. But we aren't like that at all. Uh, thank you guys for listening to this journey of emotions in my year in my 20th year of living i'm happy i got to share it with you guys um and just know that if you set the bar high make sure that you keep your other things if you're going to go do shit that's going to put you at a 10 
and you come home and you stop appreciating things, you fucking, you're going through the same thing that I'm going through and you got to rewire your body and your brain to still appreciate movies, still appreciate music, still appreciate hanging out with friends and appreciate a trip or appreciate a big work meeting or a big job fucking interview. Like you got to learn to do both and that's what I finally did. Um, and that's my fucking, that's it. So thank you guys for listening. I love you all. And I'll see you next week when Jeff Hardy comes on the show.